0: Good morning, church. It's a little crazy up here today. Um, Pastor Mike isn't here. Danny's out sick. So we could do whatever we want. Hojo, look at me. I'm the captain now. Just joking. Um, so uh, Pastor Mike, when he, when he was asking me to preach, he said, can you preach on uh, John chapter 9? And I was like, yeah, John chapter 9 what? And he was like, John chapter 9. All the verses. That's a lot of verses. And so you guys are going to be here for a long time with me. And so um, we're going to go through it together. And um, I'm just going to read because it's 40 verses. I know, you guys are thinking. I think they gave it to me because the the more I have to read, the less I'm allowed to shoot off the cuff. So, But before we start, um, would you just pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today, God. And um, we need you. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would um, just give us ears to hear and eyes to see what it is you, you want from us this morning. Lord, I, I pray that you would be with um, Pastor Mike and, and Karen as they uh, celebrate the life of, of Mike's mom this week, Lord, and um, be with Danny as he's not feeling well, Lord. I, I pray that you just um, heal them, Lord, and, and help them to feel your presence. But, Lord, I pray for us this morning as, as we go through your word, Lord, that um, the, the words would, would pop off the page or the screen to us, Lord, and, and we'd see clearly what it is you want from us. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, John chapter 9 starts with a question. It starts like this. It says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now the first thing I I notice about this is that Jesus sees the blind man, the blind man doesn't see Jesus. But that kind of seems obvious, right? The blind man can't see Jesus. But, but Jesus sees us, all of us. Even though we can't see him, Jesus sees us. Jesus sees us, that should be a bumper sticker. Jesus sees us, but his, his disciples have a question. This brings up a question to them, right? And um, the disciples, you'll see this a lot in, in through scripture, is that when they always argue kind of back and forth? They have these questions like, "Well, who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven?" And then they argue about it for a minute, and then they ask Jesus, right? And right here, um, it's like Jesus was Google for them. Like he, like he was the first Google. How did we ever, how did we ever solve arguments before Google? Do you guys, do you guys never argue with your spouse and go to Google? Are we the only one that has Google Court in our house? If Chrissy and I are arguing about something, it's like, forget it. I'm I'm looking it up. And like before Google, it didn't matter. You didn't have to be right. You just had to be better at arguing, right? And I remember there was this one time um, not too long ago that Chrissy and I were arguing about buffalo mozzarella. And she was saying, yeah, buffalo mozzarella comes from buffalo milk. And I was like, you're crazy. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's from Buffalo, New York right? That's where buffalo mozzarella comes from. I'm like, you think they're just out there milking buffaloes? She's like, Google it. And I Google it, and she was right. (laughs) It's from buffalo milk, right? But before, I wouldn't have never known, right? I have, but now that we have Google, but the disciples are always arguing, and they have something better than Google, they have Jesus, right? And so they're talking about this. They're saying, hey, there's a blind guy, and we want to know this. What's, what's the deal with him? Is he blind because of something he did, his sin? Or is it by, by something his parents did? Because he's been blind since birth. And this was something that was taught in, in Jewish theology at the time, that, that sin had a direct correlation. Your sin had a direct correlation to any suffering in your life. So if you were suffering, if you had some type of, of disability or some type of struggle in your life, it's because of some kind of sin from you or your family. And, I, and we don't think that way as much now, but there, there's still times, I think, that even as Christians, that, that anytime something goes wrong, we think, why is God doing this to me? Why is God doing this to me? And I think I, I struggle with this as well because um, on Sunday nights, um, the, the Rev High team, to, who it's a ministry I'm a part of with the Salvation Army, they go out on Sunday nights to Chinatown and they, they serve the homeless. They bring them sandwiches and they pray with them and they, they hang out and talk with them. And it's really easy when you see someone on the streets to say, well, what mistake did they make that they ended up here? What did they do? because they must have done something. No one just ends up on the streets, and it's true, right? But it may not be something they directly did. It could have been something that somebody else has done. I don't know the the answer to those questions, but in my mind, I kind of always think, well, you kind of did something to deserve it. And Jesus, this is how Jesus answers them. This is the answer he gives. Sorry, my, my slides aren't moving. Hold on one second. There we go. Jesus responds with with something that surprises them. It says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. He's saying, hey, it wasn't wasn't because of his parents sin or his sin. Now, what's important to know is Jesus isn't saying his parents never sinned and he never sinned. He's just saying it's not because of their sin that he's blind. Right? It's... He says, this is the the key. He says, it's so that God might be displayed in him. The works of God must be displayed in him. That God's going to do something. He's blind right now because God has a plan to display his works through him. Now, sometimes when I read this, I have a, a trouble with it. I'm like, really, Jesus? You had to make a guy blind for his whole life so you could prove a point? And some people believe that, 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 is, that, that's what they believe, that Jesus said, hey, God said, hey, I'm gonna make this guy blind so I could, could heal him. But I, my theology is a little different, and I could be wrong. I don't know why, why this guy was blind, but I, I tend to think that it, it is because of sin, because the world's all messed up because of sin and broken. There's not a direct correlation, though, with, with the sin of his parents or his sin for his blindness, but the world is broken. Would you agree? Yeah? And the world's broken, and it's not because God breaks it. We broke it. So I don't know why the guy's blind, but I don't think that God made him blind to prove a point. I think that the guy is blind because Jesus says, hey, in this world, you will have many trials. Jesus says, in this world, you're gonna face many trials and tribulations because that's the way of the world. Right? He doesn't say, in this world, I'm going to make you go through all sorts of hard things. He just says, in this world, it's going to be tough. You're going to have trials and tribulations, and they're going to be different from different people. But he says, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Amen? Yeah? He says that I'm going to take everything and use it for your good. If you love me. So so he's saying, like, listen, man, this guy can't see because there is sin and brokenness in the world. But today you're going to see something amazing, and God is going to be used through this man and so other people can see how great God is. And I'm telling you this here this morning, like, if you're suffering through something, know this, that God is there to help you and to get you through it. If you have weaknesses and struggles, take heart, Paul says, man, God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. When we're weak, he is strong. So that's why this guy is is blind. Then Jesus says this. He says, night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And he says this, I I think, because he's saying, hey, man, right now, it's time for me. I'm here with you guys, and I'm going to do the Lord's work. I'm God. I'm going to do God, the Father's work. And let me tell you this. I believe that the Bible says this, that there's coming a day when no one will be blind, when no one will cry, where there will be no sickness, right? And we will enjoy eternal life. And that there's, no, there's no time to go around healing people in heaven because everybody's healed. Now is the time to, use, to, to, to show God's good grace and mercy because now is the time when people are broken, right? But there's coming a day when... That work is, is done and completed, and I can't wait for that day. But he says, I am the light of the world. Now, here's, here's the great part, right? Here's the miracle. After saying this, he spit on the ground and made some mud with saliva. That's interesting. It's an interesting way to, to heal somebody. But I just want you to know in the Scripture so far, the blind guy hasn't even talked to Jesus. The blind guy hasn't said, hey, Jesus, can you heal me? The blind guy's been sitting there begging, right? And, it, and the, the scripture says that they noticed him. So maybe he, he hears them, and he hears them talking, oh, hey, Jesus, hey, this blind guy over here, why is he blind? Who's sinned? And he's like, man, I've heard this conversation a lot. But then it's kind of quiet, and he hears this. <laughs> And he's like, what's going on? Right? And the the scripture says this. It says that that Jesus spit in the ground and made mud with saliva. That is a lot of spit. Like, I think Jesus had to be there for a bit. Just like. (laughs) And they're like, what? Like, the disciples are probably like, what is he doing? And he starts making mud with it. And the guy could hear this, and all of a sudden it says this. It says, he. then he put it on the man's eyes. And then he says, go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. He's like, yeah, I got to go wash now. Thanks, Jesus. You put mud on my eye. I don't got much of a choice. This word means scent. So the man went and washed, and he went home seeing. Crazy. Now, I, I tried to look up, um, I tried to go to Google, and why did God, why did Jesus, the Son of God, use mud? Like, there's times in scripture where he heals someone just by saying something. Like, I would have preferred that, right? Like, the smell of spit has a distinct smell. Yeah, like, do you remember when your mom used to do this? Did your mom ever do that? Like, she'd lick her thumb and then wipe your face? It's disgusting. That's where COVID came from. <clears throat> I'm going to cop on you. Um, but he, he spits like I, there's sometimes like Jesus could just say a word. Jesus could, just could have touched his eyes. But he spits in the, and makes mud. And, and there's all sorts of commentary. And people have different ideas of why he may have done this. I didn't think that any of them were, were great. So I invented my own. Um, No, I just don't know. Like, I think Jesus was always doing something different. So the common denominator was Jesus. It wasn't about touching Jesus. It wasn't about some magical word Jesus said. It wasn't about mud. The common denominator is Jesus. Jesus heals people. Amen? Yeah? And so he chooses to spit in the ground and make mud. And then it says, this guy goes home seeing could you imagine that? Could you imagine never have seeing anything in your life just complete darkness and then all of a sudden bam. It doesn't even say he went back to Jesus it said he went home seeing. I don't even know if he saw what Jesus looked like. But that's amazing. The miracle is he made a blind man see. Now, here's what's interesting. We're only through verse 7, right? We're only through verse 7, and Jesus has already uh, cured a blind man, okay? Now, the rest of this chapter is about people arguing about what just happened. I find that interesting. The headline is, Blind Man Sees. And it gets all through that in seven verses, But the rest of it is religious people and people scoffing and being upset with Jesus. This is the response from the neighbors. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the dude who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, nah, I think it only looks like him, bro. But he himself said, I am the man. And then they were like, how? How were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes, and told me to go to Salome and wash. So I went and washed. Then I could see. They said, where is this man? He said, bro, I, could, I just started seeing. I did not keep an eye on him. <laughs> like, I spent 25 minutes staring at my hand, yeah? But these guys, so the question is this. The question is, how did this happen? How? How can how can you see now? You were blind, but now you see. How can this happen? And everybody, as you see in the scripture, you're gonna see that everybody is worried about how. How did this happen? But the truth is, the how is not the important part. The important part is the who. Yeah, I see new mouth, and you knew what I was gonna say before I said it. You went to sermons.com this morning? I'm just joking. It's the who. The who is the important part, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. The how is secondary. The who is the important part. So we had the question, we had the answer, and we had the response. And now we get to the part where the spit really hits the fan. I thought it was clever. I'm I'm sorry. Here we go. So Jesus is showing all his neighbors. I mean, Jesus, but the blind man's telling all his neighbors. And his neighbors say, man, we got to bring this to the, to, the, to the holy people. we got to bring this to the church. This guy was blind, and now he could see. So let's see what the, what the church elders had to say about it. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was the Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he received his sight. He put mud on my eyes. And the man said, and I washed and now I see. The Pharisees um, were always looking for a reason to be upset with Jesus. And Jesus, like, like, you weren't supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. They had a gazillion laws about what you could do on the Sabbath. Like how far you could walk, how much you can do. Otherwise, it was a sin. And um, it's interesting because Jesus did seven miracles on the Sabbath. Like he was like egging them on. Yeah? He was like, my office hours are open only on the Sabbath. Right? And they were always getting upset with him. And and so now they're looking for a point like, oh, man, he made mud. He's, He's kind of working on the Sabbath. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. He doesn't even keep the Sabbath. Like, they're more interested in the policies than the people. They're more concerned with rules than what's happened. They can't even see the good thing that's just happened. And I say that because I, I feel like we live in a time where, where everybody is so critical of everybody else. Even when we see something good, we just look for reasons to tear it apart. You could go outside and, and let's say you, you, you saw a young man helping an, an elderly lady cross the street and you posted it to the Internet. Guaranteed you'd have someone say, why does this man think he has to help a woman go across the street? Or is it, is it because she's elderly? Is this ageism? Are the crosswalks that the, the city and county made, are they not good enough? No one, can, no one can just say, look at this. Here's someone doing something great for somebody else. And we do this a lot even in church. We're critical of things. You know, we have a, a fish and loaves ministry where, where people drive up, once a month, and they get a meal, we pray for them, we share some scripture with them, and they drive off. And I know that there's people that are like, well, why are they feeding, feeding people? What's the whole point of that? How do people know Jesus from that? Are we just entitling people by giving them food? They can't even see the good things because they're so worried about being critical. And that's what's happened here. We see this in the, in the Bible. The Pharisees, man, these aren't... Now we look at them as just as bad guys, but in their time, they were the holy people. These are the church leaders. And all they can see is that this is a threat to them. They can't see the goodness of what Jesus is doing. All they see is a threat to them. Others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he's a prophet. They still didn't believe what he, what he had been saying until they sent for the man's parents. They sent for his parents. This is a man, doesn't say it's a boy. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind and now he can see? It's a little odd. Like they're, they're really grasping at straws here. The parents, man, they're afraid of the church leaders. It says this, we know he is our son, And we know he was born blind, but how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age and he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged Jesus was Messiah would be cast out of the synagogue. That is why his parents said, ask him. The parents can't even have a minute to rejoice that their son who has had to beg at the city gates. His whole life can now see. And instead of being able to rejoice in that, they have to be afraid of, of what the repercussions are. Afraid of being kicked out of church. And I want you to understand something like, this just wasn't just like, hey, if you go against us, you're going to have to go find another church. There is no other church. If you were de is what, you, what it was called, then you were outcast. This is going to affect your whole life. People aren't going to do business with you. Your neighbors aren't going to talk with you. This was a big deal. Their son can see and they're afraid that the church is gonna cast them out. It's sad. It Doesn't stop there. They asked a second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know that this man, referring to Jesus, is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know is I was blind, and now I see. Listen to that. He says this. I don't know. Hey, you're saying he's a sinner? Maybe he is. All I know is this. I was blind. I was born blind, and now I see. No one can refute his testimony. And I want to tell you, man, if you believe in Jesus and Jesus has changed your life, you might not know all the answers to Jesus. I, I've, I've tried to share Jesus with all sorts of people. And sometimes they have questions about Bible or about Jesus that I can't answer. But what I say is this, is like, hey, I don't, I don't know all the things. I don't know all the answers, but I know this, is that Jesus saved my life. Yeah? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, what, how the Bible came together accurately. I don't know if, if seven days means seven million years. I don't know any of that stuff. What I know is this, is there was a time in my life when I didn't have purpose, that I struggled with anxiety and a lack of hope, and I was so self-absorbed that I couldn't love others adequately or feel love. But Jesus came and he changed that in my life, amen? And no one can change that story for me. I don't know it all, but what I do know is how Jesus changed my life. He answered, I have told you already and you didn't listen. Why do you wanna hear it again? Do you wanna become his disciples too? That, now, now he's just getting smart, yeah? Now he can see, now, he's, now, he's, now, he, now he starts ta- chatting a bit. Could you imagine this? The religious leaders out to get Jesus, and he's like, oh, you want to know who he is? Why? Are you guys interested in following him? And this sets them off. Listen to what they say. Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but for this guy, we don't even know where he comes from. The man said, now that's remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard in the history of man, all throughout Scripture, up until this point, of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. These guys are saying, hey, we don't know anything about this. What we know is what we know. We're disciples of Moses. We're disciples of our tradition and our past. This is what we're comfortable with. Anything new is a threat to us. And he's saying, can't you even see this? Can't you? Who could do this except for someone who's doing the will of God? To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. So now they're even saying what Jesus said isn't true. Yeah? They're saying that, yeah, you're blind. You've been blind since birth because you've been in sin since birth. And they throw him out of the church. The good news is this, is Jesus comes back. I love this. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him. Do you see that? Do you see that? Jesus went back. Jesus found him. He didn't give him sight and leave him to his own. He went and he found him. He was cast aside by the rest of the world, and Jesus went and found him. He's always seeking us. Even though you feel cast out and alone, take heart. Jesus is coming to find you. And when he found him, he said, hey, do you believe in the son of man? And the man says, who is he? Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus says, you have now seen him. In fact, he is now the one speaking to you. Then the man said, Lord, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said this, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see become blind." It's interesting that he came to help people see, but unfortunately with, with, with self-righteousness, we become blind to things on our own. Those that can see, those that Jesus has healed and, and, and made them see spiritually, it's only a matter of time before they start depending on their own sight. And it, and it becomes problematic. This is what he says to the to the Pharisees at the end here, the rebuke is this. Some of the Pharisees were saying, hey, so are are you saying that we're blind? Yeah, are we blind too, Jesus? And he says, hey, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty of sin. But because you claim you can see, your guilt remains. That's a tough word right there. What he's saying is this, man, you're responsible for what you know. The Bible, the Bible defines sin as this. James, the, the brother of Jesus, says, sin is knowing the good you ought to do and not doing it. So I don't know if, if it's really a sin. If you have no idea that you're sinning, I'm not, concerned, I'm not sure it's a sin. I, you don't even know. How could you, how could you know that you're sinning if it's, if it's not on your conscience, that you have no recollection? But when you do know the good you ought to do and don't do it, then you're accountable. And that's what he's saying to the religious leaders. He's saying, yeah, you guys act like you can see. You guys are accountable for this. You guys are accountable because you say you see. Now we get to my sermon. (laughs) Because the scripture is over. But I will make it fast, I promise. Here's what I want you to take from this, this scripture. The first is this, that that the truth is that we're all born spiritually blind. We don't come into this world seeking God. We come into this world in our own sinful nature. Yeah? We're all born spiritually blind, every one of us. And the good news is this, is that Jesus wants you to see. Jesus came so that the blind could see. And there's those of you in here who know of the time when when Jesus opened your eyes spiritually and you saw things differently for the first time. But there is those of you who are struggling who still haven't, haven't had your spiritual eyes opened. And the good news is this, that Jesus is the light of the world. And he came so that you can see. See things for how they really are. And he wants to heal you. That's why he came. So that the blind could see. So if you want that kind of sight, it's available to you today. Jesus is ready to give it to you. Here's the important part I want I I take from this 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 passage is that those who can see still have blind spots. even though that you can see and that you've been made able to see, man, you aren't all seeing. You're not God. And it's important to know that, that we have parts of our life that we don't see clearly. That when Jesus says he's the light of the world, right, that, that we need to depend on that light to see everything else. It's only through the light of Jesus that we could see things accurately. We all have blind spots. And so my question this morning is this. What are your blind spots? And you probably don't know because they're your blind spots. That's the problem. We become saved and it doesn't take very long before before we, we see what we want to see. Check this out. The Bible teaches that that even though we see, that Jesus causes us to see spiritually, that we don't see it perfectly yet. Paul says this in Corinthians. It says, now I see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then I will see everything perfectly in clarity. All that I know now is only partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. He's saying, yeah, I can see now but I don't see everything great. But there's coming a day when my, my, my eyesight, my spiritual clarity is gonna be completed. But until then, you have to depend on Jesus. I love this, this is Paul talking again. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove I'm right. It's the Lord who will examine me and decide. It's the Lord that's gonna examine me. I look good to me. And that's the problem with self-righteousness and spiritual blindness. Is you always look pretty good to you. You're always more alarmed by everybody else's sin than your own. And here's what's scary about spiritual blindness. If you're physically blind, you know. You know you're blind. But man, when you're spiritually blind, you don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. You can't see it. And you're dependent on, on Jesus to see that for you and to help you out with those blind spots. Do you remember watching VHS tapes a long time ago? Did you ever think they were blurry then? No, you thought they were great. If you watch a VHS tape today, you your eyes will bleed. You're like, dude, I'm, I'm blurry, everything's blurry. It looks like you're watching a, mine, a kid played Minecraft, right? But we, we had no idea what clarity was. Now we have, you know, 4K Ultra HD. Now we see way clearer. But we didn't know we were seeing bad then. That's the same thing, man. Yeah, God has opened your eyes to some of the things in this world, but you're still dependent on him to sharpen that vision. And the only way you're going to be able to do that, the only way you're going to be able to to work on your blind spots is to to go to him and have these these exams, like I would call it a spiritual eye exam. David says this in the Psalms. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out to me the stuff that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And so the question that the Pharisees asked, are we blind too? They ask that in, in, in kind of a, in a defensive, attacking way. But I really think as, as followers of Jesus that we constantly need to be asking, where are we blind? God, point out to me, what, 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 is, what am I blind to? What am I missing? Because when we're aware that we're missing something, yeah, it's humbling. And you can't be self-righteous. You have to depend on Jesus' righteousness. How often do you pray that way? I can tell you in my own life that when I pray and I'm asking God to help me with something, it's for things that I'm well aware of. I'll go to God and say, hey, God, help me with my my, my temper. Lord, help me with with saying stupid jokes, Lord, that, that mean nothing. Yeah? Help me for not being so prideful. These are things that I'm aware of. So I come to God and I say, hey, God, help me with these things I'm well aware of. But what does it look like when you go to God and say, God, what is it that offends you? What is it that you're seeing in me that, that I don't even have a clue about yet? I know I'm blind to the sin of my life, but I don't want to be. I need to be reminded that, that I'm not perfect, that I have blind spots. I don't want to be critical of everything else. Help me to see things through your eyes. And so that would be my prayer for you this morning as, as I ask the, the band to come up here and play. Ask Jesus, what is it, Lord? What is it that I'm not seeing? Lord, am I, am I like the guy in the story who, who, who's never seen through spiritual eyes or am I like the Pharisees who think that I have it all figured out? You gave me sight and then I'm like, yeah, I got it from here. In uh, Ephesians, Paul talks about opening the eyes of your heart. And so my prayer for you this morning is that that you would pray that. That they would say, God, open the eyes of my heart. Point out to me my blind spots. And help me depend on you and trust you for everything that I see. Help me to see everything through your eyes and through your light and not my own. Spend some time with Jesus this morning. And have a great rest of your week.